0: Okay, folks, welcome to episode nine of the Pitcast. I am here rejoined by Matt Moss, the Moss Man. We have back on the cast, a man of many names, Big Brain Bob, Bob Agra, Bob Agra, Triple B, you name it, good to have you. Hi. And as our guest tonight, another lord of somewhat unsung, lord of the pit, the man of the people, lover of uh, reprints. Mr. Lorian Element, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. So we're here tonight to talk about the new hotness, kind of a uh, deviation in the in the normal routine, which is uh, middle school, a new format that got uh, announced, posted uh, by Jayco on the Eternal Central website, where he sort of laid down the um, not only the band list but sort of like a general philosophy i think
1: the flair behind it the flavor (laughs) including you know who needs to go fornicate themselves or whatever it was yeah
0: i like that initial paragraph where i don't know he just describes the it's it's clear that this format um for him is pretty much equally as evocative as the 93 94 format i think that's actually why We're having Lorien on, especially because Lorien, as of course the Lord of the Pit, has been to several old school tournaments, but I think there was something about this format that kind of like reinvigorated. Yeah, I think it seems like the thing that you were waiting for. Definitely, yeah. I, uh, you know, I enjoy old school.
2: Um, it feels a little stale to me, and a lot of the card prices uh, yeah. are just beyond what I can spend. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, middle school feels like extended, which I used to play back in the day, like 2003. So... Um, Not all of the cards are included in this format that were when I played Extended, but you know, I played uh, Red, Black Goblins, which is totally doable. It's actually, I would say, Mm -hmm. one of the better decks in middle school. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also Psychotog. I mean, there's just, there's so many sweet decks. The format uh, is not solved at all in middle school. Yeah. And there's just, there's a lot of room for innovation and powerful um, interactions. And it's not dominated by restricted cards. There are no restricted cards. There's just, you can either play for or the cards are banned
0: in middle school. Yeah, I think I think the I think the prices are are a pretty good thing. It feels as old school has gone it has become bigger and bigger. You know, I'm, I'm sure everyone has had moments where they felt like a little bit priced out. You know, you have an idea of like a candelabra deck or a or a bizarre Baghdad deck, and it's just not quite feasible. Um, in middle school, and you know somebody who's a legacy player. There's plenty of carryover from the, from oh, yeah. the fetch lands, and
1: not only is there a crossover from just the the wider card pool. There's also the gold cool border, uh, pro tour decks, which is great. Gets, yeah, it's uh, a lot of those reserve list cards into the pool. You can also play the modern border reprints. Not that that's exactly. Encourage necessarily but it's available still you can yeah you very much can yeah.
2: and i i really appreciate that i mean i i'm all about inclusivity in uh in paper magic you know i i want to play when i play an opponent i don't want to beat them because i have more expensive cards i want to beat them because i figured out the
0: meta game or you know it's a good matchup or, or whatever it does it seems it's this seems much more like a like a player's format you know the games i think should be more strategically intensive because there aren't cards like ancestral recall balance mind twist that complete dual lands duels mm-hmm. a bu- building Amanda base has actually been like quite the challenge in this format and the reason why and i'm sure we'll touch on all this stuff later when we talk about staples of the format but the slide deck especially is um one that like punishes these kind of sketchy mana bases mm-hmm. with wasteland and price of, you know progress. Just, yeah price of progress sending
3: bird right in your face <laughs> that's the bad news <laughs> for my prismatic slivers build <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think everything just to is right to the goblet <laughs> it's like oh man <laughs> i'm trying to just turn guys sideways and now i can't even use a single land yeah it's not so many so we call good master matchups for that deck is there yeah, yeah i've been winning some games <laughs> dude i went from winning like one in five to almost we'll say four or uh Forty percent, too. I almost said four and five, but you don't yeah, have. That's an improvement. Four, that's well, yeah, forty-eight percent would be a hell of an improvement. We've, we've talked not. about double my win rate. Right <laughs> yeah, we've talked From about this Jared before. One. But it must have been fun to
0: like discover new slivers. Like you decided <laughs> yeah. you wanted to play slivers, and then as yeah. you learn more, and this is this is a another you know uh, pr- more praise for the format. Um, there's so much to discover, right? Yeah. Yeah. And,
3: I guess that's what turned me on. So coming mostly from the old school world and having stopped my, you know, initial, my early era of Magic playing as a, growing up, I stopped around Stronghold. Uh, again, kind of at the end of when the Slivers were coming up. And so that's like why I went back to them right away. But I've got kind of those sets between Wrath uh, Cycle, I guess it was, and whenever Mirrodin was released, all that stuff to learn from. So it's been pretty fun just kind of trolling through the Gatherer on the website and just reading cards and figuring out what the hell this was.
1: Ice Age through Scourge is a lot of cards. It's 5,402 legal cards in the card pool with the 26 banned cards in the Eternal Central. So it's basically
3: like five to six times bigger than old school card pool. It is an old school like 900, like 900 and something. So yeah. It's monstrous. Uh,
0: yeah, we could. Um, for people who are just tuning in um, and not <laughs> who, who familiar, tunes in, from that? just or just oh, did, did you just stumble across <laughs> this obscure niche magic podcast? But anyone who, anyway, isn't as familiar or hasn't read the Eternal Central um, uh, article about it, Bob, um, could you could you give us the rundown on on stuff that's banned and maybe stuff that's like. A little 50-50, stuff that definitely needs yeah, to be... Yeah, absolutely.
1: To... No, uh, I'm happy to do that. So first up are the anti-cards, something typical you see in all the mm-hmm. early magic formats that don't do anti. So those are out. Uh, brainstorm, one card you, know, you think you might see in the format, considering the old border... But this isn't legacy. This isn't a for brainstorm. For brainstorm the format, aka legacy.
0: Yeah, I think I think a big reason why brainstorm is banned is because um I think people are sort of sick and tired of playing with and against that card. It's I think it's, Enough already. Yeah. <laughs> enough. Like let's let's leave it out and see what other creative solutions people can come up with. And there's really just like a dearth of blue card draw available.
1: There's no reason to further incentivize combo in this format. Let's just put it that way. Right. Combo, it has a lot of tools already. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, that's just another one for that them to eat up. Uh, something else that might be surprising? Well, Flash is banned because you have Rector. So can't do that yeah flat flesh is one of
0: those cards that i think just encourages kind of unhealthy play patterns you put a creature into play it's I, I i think it's synergy with academy rector and there there are a couple cards on the ban list that kind of have to be banned because their their mirror or what they combo with is banned dark ritual is of course banned because we allow necropotence into the format
3: right and it's just a little bit more fair when you have to kind of figure out a way to power out a triple black versus just turn one ritual. Yeah.
0: I think I think Jaco purposely banned a lot of the fast mana oh, rather okay. than the enablers, which I think was a was a smart move.
1: Yep, absolutely with the mana crypt, mana vault, memory jar is just too explosive. Mm-hmm. Mine twist is is a little interesting. It seems a little more fair in a in a wider card pool like this. But there there's already so much access to discard as there
3: as it yeah, already it's pretty you know, sick to with play him and of the rest and all of that. Yeah, I've been playing with the I, exactly. That's the thing because it's, you not, ba- it's there's no between. It's a, no lists. right? So. Same with
0: balance, right? It's yeah. not that you just it's, get it's one all balance. All You're you There's four, four balance. Balance. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, balance can't even talk about that, but. Uh, you know, there's a couple cards on here that have been tested. Grim Monolith and Gush, for example, were on the original ban list prior to uh, the publishing in the Eternal Central article. Gush will certainly talk about. Mm-hmm. That, uh, Windfall is being t- tested. We'll see how that goes. I Seems think Tinker
0: so- should also I know. Be <laughs> <tested>. <laughs> I knew
1: you were going to bring this up. Of Tinker! Course,
0: I, I, I feel like Tinker Full, is...
1: for Tinkers.
0: Four, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I, I feel like it's okay, and there were and there were Tinker decks uh, throughout history, and they play you know the same package of artifacts, but they're not powering out anything that's completely abusive. They're more like kind of toolboxy <sighs> prison decks, which I which I think is a cool angle on the format. I think I think it's a it's a decent archetype to bring to the four. I don't think it makes combo more powerful, I think it makes a a different archetype. more. I
2: I love toolbox decks. I think Tinker's too powerful. I mean, one thing that you could do... Well, see, that's the problem. I think you would build a Tinker deck that wouldn't be uh, completely busted. But I think if Tinker was allowed, that could lead to some really degenerate play patterns. so... Yeah, I'm not. I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced. But it's okay. it, it, it seems you know it's possible. If anyway.
1: you want to get it unbanned, the first thing you need to do is build a deck that abuses it ridiculously and play it and see if we can crush you or not. And that'll mm-hmm. be that's the, sort
3: right. of the measurement.
0: So yeah, I'll just let you in and get to Tinker all day. <laughs> we'll see. Well, I was going to ask
3: what the testing process is involved and how this ban list was. Yeah, were you were you involved with any of that stuff? Uh, yeah, I
1: played with and with against some of these cards, the Gush and, and Grim Monolith. I think Grimmonolith's most relevant home is in a stack deck. Mm-hmm. That didn't seem very oppressive with or without Grimmonolith in it, uh, despite you know some of the fun things like Goblin Welder. However, Gush, its main home was in that uh, the deck that goes infinite on on drawing cards with the Gaia's uh, Blessing combo. Uh, oh, interesting. So, so that didn't seem too bad. You only played a couple Gush in that. Then again, there's the Psychotonic deck, which is seemingly built to abuse Gush and uh, does it very well and very efficiently. It's just it's, basically put two cards in the bin immediately. and.
0: It's double Fireball plus Draw 2. Or I mean, it's it's double Lightning Bolt to your face plus Draw 2.
1: Yep, fireball exactly. for 6
3: plus Draw 2. It's incredible. For free. How about, can you explain that interaction? I know, Lauren, you played that against me a little bit, but...
2: Yeah, so uh, so it's basically, so the, in Psychotog, you know, so Psychotog, the card, it's a 1-2 creature that costs one card less of blue and a black. You can discard a card to give it plus 1, plus 1 until end of turn, or remove two cards in your graveyard to give it plus 1, plus 1 until end of turn. So the way that I play Psychotog, and I think the way that most people think about it, is you're always thinking about what are the value of the cards in terms of damage, because you're, you're just trying to kill somebody basically for 20 damage or 15, whatever they're at. So a gush, you cast the gush, it goes into your graveyard, you return two islands to your hand, you draw two cards. So that means you have four new cards in your hand, plus one in the graveyard. Those four cards in your hand translate to six damage, you discard them all, that's four damage, and then there's four in your graveyard, that's two more damage, plus the gush that you cast. So that's six and a half damage. So for nothing, for the cost of nothing, you have generated six and a half damage from that. So you combine that with something like a factor fiction, which is six damage if you just consider like the three-two split and you take mm-hmm. the three cards. That's 13 and a half damage that you're getting <laughs> just with four mana. And that can I mean that can get pretty close to killing somebody if you have a few cards in your graveyard, a few cards in your hand. Yeah. It, it adds up really quick. or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's
0: times when I was playing against the Psychotog deck that it felt right to like make a chump attack into their psychotog. So that they would have to um, get rid of their resources to make it smaller. Or, or, or uh, get rid of their resources to make it bigger to kill my creature so that it would be smaller on the crackback. That yeah. was against slack? Uh, against slack, Why yeah. did you just
3: take the damage?
0: Because it seems like a favorable trade at the time, right? Like if I attack with my, my 2-1 and my 2-1 and my treetop village, okay. right? Then... Clearly he's going to boost up the Psychotog to kill yeah. the 3-3 and get the freebie apparently. Okay. But both players, it, when you play against Psychotog, the, the amount of damage that the card can do is just on the table. You know, It's, it's like the minimum is apparent to both players. So right. it's like open information that can be tracked throughout the game, which is really interesting. And the really nice thing about Gush is that it conceals that information
2: and it makes Psychotog more explosive. Like I played Psychotog without Gush. It was a good deck, it was kind of slow, um, I don't think it was as powerful as some of the Tier 1 decks that are in middle school right now. But with Gush, you attack somebody and it does not look like there is any way that you have lethal on board. And of course you attack with Psychotag, you chip in for one, chip in for one. So they just think you're chipping in for one, you factor Fiction into Gush and they're dead, just out of nowhere. That's crazy. It. Yeah.
0: yeah, really really powerful. I know, you always gotta put a blocker in front of that thing. It's a moat a lot of the times too. I mean, the thing is an absolute house. It's a really cool deck. You mentioned uh, Tier 1 decks, so in your estimation, as you know, early as the germination of the format is, what, what seems like the, the top dogs? Uh, that's a really hard question and I'm probably gonna get it wrong. Uh, I think Psychotog is up
2: there. Psychotog has some real bad matchups. It has lots and lots of really good matchups. It can beat a lot of control decks, it can beat a lot of uh, mid-range decks, it can beat a lot of combo decks because it just has a ton of counter spells. Uh, it isn't necessarily great against aggro, I think that's the, it can just get run over before, you know, it, it can't counter enough of aggro's threats, it'll just be completely run over, that's mm-hmm. one. Some form of goblins, it's really strong with uh, Goblin Lackey, which is a 1-1 one, one for 1 red. Uh, when it hits your opponent, you get to put whatever goblin card in your hand you want into play it for free. That's really broken and really good. Uh, so some form of goblin. Siege, siege Gang Commander. Siege Gang Commander. He's the number one goblin. Uh, God yeah, Blackie. Goblin Ringleader, also very good. Just yeah. yeah. There's lots of there's lots of quality goblins that have been printed since Goblin Lackey was printed. Uh,
1: so a former banned card and standard, and and I think probably one for the watch list, <laughs> just because it's a kill on site creature every time. Yep. And yeah, it costs
2: one. You know, you can play it. Like that's what. That's honestly a big reason why in my Psychotag deck I play Force Spike. You have to. You have to be able to interact. You turn have one. to. It's yeah. a,
1: It's a, If it's down there on turn one, you're mulliganing to a Lackey. Right. Red and a Lackey. That's all you need to go off. It's really strong. But you have weapons against that in your sideboard. With Engineered Plague, I think, is a really good choice yep. against the Goblin stack. That also will uh, blow out something like Elves. Which uh, I have put together right now.
2: Right, right. It's one, one black, two colorless enchantment. Uh, when it comes into play, you choose a creature type, and all creatures of that type get minus one, minus one. So yeah, it can hose goblins. It doesn't necessarily destroy goblins. I mean, there's lots of two toughness goblins, yeah. like pile driver. There's, you know, it can. That's not. That doesn't just win the game on the spot. It definitely sets them back. Most elves are one one, so I would actually think it would be most. better against elves than against goblins. But it's still very good against goblins.
3: Is it decent
0: against Sly? Are there like eight of one creature type, or is it, or is there
1: creature mix?
2: usually? I've been squad? wondering about that. Like may, maybe it's worth naming humans just to get Grim Lava Mancer. If there's another human in the Sly deck, it would be worth it. But I don't know those cards well enough. I think Sly is of any, a tier one.
1: You know, like, Jackal Pop, you got the Mog Fanatic. Mog Fanatic. That's Goblin. Like that. So that's yeah, it's a pretty a good mix, I think, across that deck. But you I think know, definitely f- human is good to get rid of the Lava Mancer. He's a bitch.
0: Yeah. But, so um other other depth decks that seem to be, you know, on the yeah. on the, the the decks to beat. I th- it seems to me that like standstill strategy is really really powerful. Yep. That's yeah, that's something that's proven um, to show uh, good results in pre modern, and I think most of the um, most of the decks that it matches up against, it's I think just like a timelessly great strategy. Absolutely. Yeah. And in conjunction with force of will being added to it to leverage just the pure card draw that you get out of standstill. Here's another card that Just pairs well. Blue white
3: control. Blue
0: white blue control. It's the best in '93 '94, and it may be the best in this
2: format.
1: <laughs> or splash uh, green for Oath of Druids. Yeah. And Then you really have yeah. to get I to it, put about, back was... on your haunches. I think. Yeah, Oath, I think there is well. an
2: Oath deck that is tier
1: one for sure. Absolutely, it's it might be Oath still. Yeah. Yep. A Very good deck.
0: That is super gross. What about um, what about all these combo decks that have been given? Um, all these tools to play with does anything seem extremely potent reanimator gets in tomb
3: yeah i've been playing with reanimator it's fun but i'm not experienced enough with it to really make an informed opinion i've just been i've still been kind of fumble fucking around in the dark a little bit but it's (laughs) like you said it's explosive it can like just drop a chroma on turn one or two with extreme regularity um and I'm not sure that I'm skilled enough with it yet to try to fight through scenarios where the the first sometimes I can fight through the first uh, big threat being dealt with. It's getting it's if the second one is dealt with, the thing just collapses in a hurry, um, and the game's over. Say I'm saying turn four, or yeah, five. it takes. I a just time. that I don't seems have pretty common. I'm out of cards and yeah,
1: that seems typical with the format and you with all so? the, with all the combo. They're they're very vulnerable to disruption. Yeah you know whether it be counter spells or discard and things like that. I think another great uh, couple combo decks uh, would be what the Pebbles
3: decks. What about your Aluren deck?
1: Uh Aluren is a pet project of mine. I would say it's I would say that's a tier 2 deck perhaps, but it's a lot of fun and it is definitely a two card combo with uh, having access to Imperial Recruiter in the format. Yeah. you know, just pairs up well Big bang, bang, you get all your cards. I've been uh, testing with some pretty punishing sideboard cards to with uh, to use with Living Wish, which is tremendous. So, I love that card. Oh, it's phenomenal. So there's the, the wishes is another really interesting thing that with only middle school, do you use the wish cycle like it was originally designed? Which is which is you have access to the the cards that were removed from the game as well as in your sideboard, so that the one. Uh, ambassador Laquatus, that you had to exile the force of will you can't living wish it back, <laughs> scoop, him back up. scoop him back up and then mill your opponent with infinite man have you had
0: so, anything like particularly relevant come up as on account of the wish rule
1: not personally like, snagged like a real quite yet but i know it's imminent really because yeah. playing cunning wish burning wish and living wish mostly you know, that's, it's just inevitable, I feel, at this point. I'm playing so many Force of decks as well, so...
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: it's day will come, and I will report so back to the pit cast
0: Yeah, I need, I need to hear a really good wish retrieval story. I was, like, daydreaming about some,
3: but I... So this is a <laughs> dumb guy question it. that I have, but what, what was the errated or the switched, the, the modified wish rule that we've deviated from? So the modern wish rule.
1: Right. The one that was changed in M10, I believe, was you can only get it from your sideboard. okay. So I don't think you had access to the exile, exile cards. cards. Right. So because you could the, get right. the ones that were sword. Okay. Swords. You okay. can't you, you get the ones that, that were pitched. Well, so there was,
2: so, uh, sideboard cards, sideboard cards were considered, like, uh, removed from the game. Okay. And if you removed a card, either in play or in your graveyard from the game, then they were in the same uh, zone. Yeah, yeah, But now there's this new zone called the exile zone. Exile zone, okay, no, I get all
3: that, okay. Okay. Hmm. Well, we'll that's something new.
0: The difference between, like, being exiled and being removed from the game. Just being outside the game. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, you you were mentioning something about the pebbles decks, which is the sure, the 40 combo deck.
1: pebbles, cocoa, cocoa pebbles, those uh, sort of use the goblin bombardment, uh, an enduring renewal, things like that. The one, you know, play a zero cost creature, then with enduring renewal, every time it goes yeah. to the graveyard with bombardment, it goes back into your battlefield. I like that combo
3: a lot. That's it's cool.
1: it's very good. It's very efficient. You know, it's it's fun that it's it's red, black, white. Those are great combo colors, don't you think? <laughs> I love that
3: shard, the yeah. wedge, if you will. And it's using a lot of really badass cards. Uh, like, well, yeah, Mullen's version had the necro in there, and it, absolutely, uh, you gotta have necro Enduring renewal is a badass enchantment, and Shield Spear is a card that I recall finally from the alliances. <laughs> <laughs> Like I remember, used in the most. No, I did, that's just like one of those cards I remember like ripping out of packs in the alliances era. So it's like it's cool to see that actually have real utility. It it's has an open body, yeah, yeah. It's a zero six. It blocks for as long as you know four you days. Back yeah. in the day, like zero nine. drop creatures were just like. Nobody knew, like, <laughs> what? Like, this is a free creature, but it doesn't do it. Like, ornithopter you know. Yeah, it's like, it's like, Ornithop, Ornithop, Ornithop. Was not, it's like what the Cold fuck balls. do, do? It's of do? Yeah yeah, 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 But it's just, like, these things are so weird. It's like, it doesn't cost anything, but it doesn't it, do anything. It certainly doesn't. It's it's exactly what you paid for, really. Yeah, you know
0: what you paid for. <laughs> well, that's the, you know, the great part of the really wide card pool. Yet, it seems like a lot of the combos actually are from... Um, blocks that were close to each other, right? Like, all the all the combos that we're talking about, you know, illusions, donate, are from kind of similar time frames. It seems that in middle school, as, as far as I know, the, the, the combos that we know of are the ones that history has recognized, that have been in historical Absolutely, so and it's
1: interesting to consider what, what else developed. may be possible, yeah. right? There's, there's some going to be some really crazy stuff in this pool that has yet to be picked apart, but uh, it might be said that some of the best extended decks of all time would be better than all of these middle school decks. Why? Because uh, Vampiric Tutor and other banned cards from the arrow, you know, Dark Ritual, cards mm. that were in that extended pool and made those decks over-the-top insanely good. Yeah, Make it, and, uh, consistent. Yeah, I, it's demonic Consultation. Too another card, yeah. Just st- it makes it so much more consistent.
2: Yeah, I, I was really surprised, I was taking, I look at like MTG Top 8 to look at old, extended and legacy deck lists, I was really surprised but like three quarters of the rock decks that I saw, they used three or four Vampiric Tutor, Vamps. I had yeah. no idea that was, but I mean it makes sense, that's so important to the strategy, like, you know, it's a quote unquote fair deck. Uh, but then you also just get to whatever card you need to, to beat, yes. beat the answer for beat one combo. black and two yep. life. That's two a
1: fair two. trade.
0: Yeah, it's funny. There's there's definitely decks in this format that are kind of nerfed or neutered versions of these great extended decks, and then other things that have you know received upgrades along the way, like uh, probably Psychotog for instance. Like yeah, this I don't think Psychotog was.
2: Uh, I don't think Psychotog and Force of Will were ever in extended at the same time.
0: I don't believe so. And I don't yeah. think
2: that it was so broken that you really saw it that much in Legacy, just like a pure Psychotog deck. There mm-hmm. were some uh, other other like you would see like a one of or two of Psychotog in Legacy decks, but not um, not just like a pure Psychotog. So having Psychotog with Gush and Force of Will, super sweet.
0: Yeah, new new territory to go down. Um, I've been playing The Rock, and it's been <laughs> nobody
1: asked. <sure. laughs>
0: it's been The you, Rock it's, says. It's been you know. It's been painful at times. It feels like uh, everybody is doing more broken things than I am. Yeah. So it's what brought you to, to The rock. Because it's fair, and I wanted <laughs> I wanted to play some goddamn exactly honest the magic. Problem. Well, I wanted what I wanted to do is I wanted to play something really fair because I wanted um to get like a good litmus test of what felt really broken and what I could and like what problems that seemed like impossible to solve and what that I could change via deck building, right because I didn't want to I didn't want to encounter something that felt really powerful and then think like oh well you know entomb oh you entombed a, a chroma into play on the yeah. first turn, like this deck is broken, I can't possibly beat it. It's like, well, you know, yeah, or you could sort of think about ways that you can counteract the strategy. So as I've been playing The Rock, I've made some deck building decisions that are in
3: response to... <laughs> You've been tuning a- it, to, <laughs> tuning it to, to thrash your buddies. To thwart, <laughs> to thwart my friends, yeah.
1: So what you're saying is you changed it from The Rock to The Hose. <laughs> to The Hose,
0: Yes. <laughs> Well, I don't know. It's I think I think if, if you look at old extended deck lists, it will only take you so far. When you play in this format, people are gonna be doing different things than the than the average field was at the time. So you know, it's there there are many little tweaks that you can make to this deck. Like I play two Withered Wretches, which is a black black for a two-two, and you pay one colorless to exile a card from your opponent's graveyard. And it seems like this kind of mopey grizzly bear, but it's been amazing for me. It's yeah. allowed me to win matchups that I had absolutely no business. It is well, attacks it's, it's, a bunch
2: of different decks. Yeah. Right, because graveyards are really important for this format. It's yeah. Like, that's one of the takeaways. There's sort of fair deck, you know, quote-unquote fair decks, and most of the unfair decks are somehow using the graveyard to huge advantage. As some kind of resource? Oh,
0: it's, I mean, it's amazing. As, as you just go down all these decks, like the Psychotog deck, is killing you with damage from the graveyard. Burn is flashing back spells and using Grim Lava Mancer. Uh, You know, Cabal Therapy, when it's not being immediately flashed back. There are uh, so many, like all of the, you know, um, recurring nightmare shenanigans. Pretty much all of these combo decks Coco uh, Pebbles, it's, it's, a, it's a trigger that actually goes onto the stack, and so you can exile the Shield Spear while it happens. Yeah. You know, Reanimator, of course, it goes without saying. Yeah. Yeah. At, but nearly every deck, except like a linear aggressive strategy, is using their graveyard. Or somehow. Tricks.
1: Or the Tricks. lone combo deck that I can name uh, from on. this list that has no, inter- no interest in the graveyard. Even, the, even Tricks, you can exile
0: their accumulated knowledges.
1: Fair enough.
0: It's so there's, there's, I don't know, this, this kind of dopey card has, <laughs> has play. And I did, I haven't seen it in any decklist. I just sort of like went on big, you know, gatherer searches and was like, oh my god, it's like bad
3: scavenging. It's like, obviously. What about Oath? Can you nuke their guy, or does the Oath trigger Resolve first and put their Morphling into play? It puts it, dr- it, puts
0: it directly into play, but as they flip over their whole deck and their Gaia's Blessing goes onto the stack... You can exile the other Oath Targets yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that get turned over, yeah, right? So or, all the, or all the AKs or whatever. So okay. you can um, get yourself into a position where once you deal with the Morphling they don't have any other win conditions depending on how their Oath went. Yeah. So there's a game against that too. Big game. I, I ended up splashing white in the deck because... Um, you need a way
3: to deal with the Chroma. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, I mean, Sorcerer's I mean, <laughs> is just, it's, it's so good against everything.
1: It's a very good card in the format.
2: Yeah, just period. I mean, it's just one of the best creature removal cards ever printed. It's a wonderful card. It is legal in middle school. And I actually, I included it in my recurring uh, Nightmare deck because why not? You can splash white for, I'm splashing white for um, uh, Mystic, not Mystical Tutor, uh, the white one. Enlightened? Enlightened Tutor, yeah. yeah. Especially for Enlightened Tutor, so I might as well throw some swords in as well. It's just yeah, it just handles I mean it's uh, you know yeah it, it's, it's like a catch-all. Right. It's like you it's my impulse was not to play Swords of Plowshares because that's played so much in old school. But it's not like the card got worse in middle <laughs> no, school. Good card. No, good. it got it got better.
0: It exiles Rector and doesn't give them the enchantment. Um yeah, putting putting cards into the exile zone as opposed to the graveyard is super relevant. Because you have to exile that Damachroma, otherwise, they'll just be able to exhume it back from the yeah. graveyard again. Yeah. You can, you know. I, um, it does. It's, it's, it seems like it got even, even better because exiling cards is even more relevant because the graveyard is such a used resource. Yeah. If you exile the card, they can't recurring Nightmare back again. You yeah, know, that's probably
2: right. Because, I mean, e- even just the logic of there's more powerful creatures in middle school than there are in old school. Yeah. Therefore, yeah, Swords mm-hmm. is a better card. Mm-hmm. But uh, but also any all right any gray bird
3: interaction. So what's the preferred art then for you? Is it still the, is it still the old school art or is it the Ice Age art?
0: Oh, the, I, the Ice Age is, <laughs> is just aesthetically superior. Yeah.
3: In in every way. Immediately make that switch to the Ice Age art. Oh yeah, I agree. And it's like super cheap to get the blackboard or copy. Exactly. Yeah. yeah they're like a quarter or something. It's yeah. Super cheap. Yeah,
2: it's great. It's I so have, it's so civilized.
1: I agree. Ice Age for days. Got my fourth. <laughs> got my play set. Got to. Love it.
2: So we I think we got sidetracked. You were sort of going through the band list and then we got we got to I mean I'm not we, sure if I don't it's, know. We
1: were talking about tier one, we talked about combo we, yeah. we, we most recently left off on combo. Talked about the Pebbles decks. Yep. Was relevant.
0: And yeah, we've we've talked we and I think we've kinda tricks
1: uh, Trix is another serial based deck we could we can touch on for a moment. So. Yeah. Go over that one. Uh, well, you know, it's it's a it's a combo deck. It's, it's blue-black is, is a typical way you do it with Necropotence and Donate and uh, oh, what was it? What is Illusions, it? Of Illusions of, of Grandeur. Yeah. Oh, okay. So okay, I know, didn't know that play. was
3: the name of that deck because I played against you on it a couple weeks back.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and there was
0: this really uh, uh, for, for me inexplicable phenomenon of, of naming magic decks after Serial.
1: Yeah, it was a real thing for a while, and you, you even have Cephalid Breakfast, which is a deck uh, uh, in the format as yeah. well, so that's and, even more fringy.
2: And Full English Breakfast, which I uh, tried to play, kind of sucked,
0: but I like the name.
1: There you go. I actually these, you like the, and I like the
0: tradition not? of naming Magic decks weird things, and I feel like in old school... There should be more of that. We should come up with more weird well, names for decks that aren't like blue-red It's, yeah, it's, blue honestly, red it's usually just like
3: the color and then the like the base win con. So like, true. Crisis know. Disco. Not to call tr- out our
1: homie, but I think a one, Mr. Jason Jaco, sort of has that tendency to just name it what it is. He's the one pouring through these deck lists that get submitted, and he's just got to say what it is. It's got to be short and sweet, and it's got to be understandable. And I think he's the king of that.
0: Yeah, when you're doing, you know, a hundred at a time, it's hard to, it's hard for inspiration to hit you time after time after time again. It's got a classic. But there's it. got there's got there's, got there's got to be a better name for you know I don't know. Troll Disco. I, I think dis I think Disco. That's creative, right? Disco.
2: is better. Disc, oh.
0: Disco.
1: That's that's as much as he's going to give. you. <laughs>
3: Good enough. But so, what else is in that tricks deck then, besides the illusions of Grammar? Uh, so, you're you, basically just trying to get that out and then just yeah, flip it play it. Yeah, you play cantrips,
1: you play draw spells, you, you play disruption, counterspell, you can play a divert if you want out of the board. It's a fun okay. card. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
3: what, is the, what is divert? To? I don't know. That uh, it's, it's a
1: blue for you change a target of a spell unless its controller pays two. So it's like a poor man's uh, misdirection, also a card you could play in that yeah. deck. Yes. Uh, just like oh you're gonna force of will uh your force of will now force will's your force of will. So, you know, get ball. Yeah.
0: Shane Shane uh, is playing that in his uh like Miracle Grow deck to you okay. know yep.
3: redirect like the swords that's hitting his creature to your creature. Yeah, that deck was funny. I played against him on that thing. Yes. Yeah. He had what the looter and the werebear. And that Flying Gaia Flyer 2-2 guy. (laughs) That is
0: unfortunately a deck that has um, not received many upgrades because the original design of the Alan Cromer miracle Grow deck was this like 13 land, super efficient, low-to-the-ground machine. And you were able to use land grant to get Tropical Island. Since the duels are banned, he's got to play a lot more
3: forests, which are way worse than the deck. Yeah. That's trying to just cast a million bootcantrums. Yeah, I had to put the boots to him with the slivers build. I'm sick him, <laughs> <brag>, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: the two people that hear this are going to be really impressed. Yeah,
0: no, no, no. <laughs> oh, I'll just buy into slivers. How much your sliver queens? Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> How often am I going to cast a sliver queen? Okay. No,
0: Here's my question great. about tricks. What happens if you gain two life? 20? Can the deck win? Gain 20 life? No, I mean, wait, you're opponent. playing against, if oh. your opponent
1: gains like two life, how do you win? You have to do it again. you have to do <laughs> yeah, it twice. You have, to do, twice. You have to, do twice. <laughs> to do it twice, which is damn near impossible. It's hard <laughs> enough landing it the first time. Like To, to land one is a miracle. Okay, to donate like... it is, is I can't even explain. <laughs> and to do it twice has never happened. So yeah, it's I'm like, all right, I'll remove scale. one
0: counter from Spike Feeder. It's like, and they're like,
1: rats. Well, at least I have 40 life like Those very threatening scales, so <laughs> they'll just keep going up. Well, yeah, it's a sick deck, it's a lot of fun. I recommend it. I have a mono blue uh list that drives Nathan absolutely crazy. You know, you could build a deck however million ways, but not if it's a mono blue tricks deck. That's that can't happen. Oh, because it doesn't so, matter. Yeah, I actually put really in your like... comments the your, your feedback <laughs> about a mono blue tricks deck and how <laughs> terrible it is. <laughs> I, I think I would do mono blue because I like sapphire medallion so much. It's a super sick card, you know. Ha- casting uh, FOF for one is just pretty much insane.
0: Yeah, impu- insane. impulsing for one. I don't know. You're you're able to do like way more things after you untap um, with the medallion. Man, medallion yeah. plus. Uh, what's the blue draw to discard true that Front untaps three lands?
1: Yeah, that's just net value every single time. You're happy to do it. You know, it doesn't matter how desperate you are filtering through cards at that point. You're you're going somewhere with all that mana you're accumulating.
0: Have either of you played that card in your reanimator decks? Which one?
3: I haven't done frantic search. No. Right. Frantic. I Surge. do play
1: it in uh, World Gorgor Dragon combo. I do play that. And that is a way to bid, dudes. Yep, that and yeah, I might have to look into that. It does everything. Careful, careful all study months. being yeah. the other.
3: I've just yeah that's what I've been using is careful study yeah I think
1: that's better obviously it's less mana intensive and it has sort of the same effect but untapping lands can't beat that too yeah Yeah.
3: that's a good idea it Uh, it helps speed it up and like I've already got the four careful study I could throw a couple frantic searches just other options sure I I was gonna say so it's kind of curious playing with multiple mystical tutors because like I I've only played that card in a vintage format where it was uh, restricted. And so it's it's kind of weird, like getting that second, or even, I've got a proxy third one in my test deck. Right. And so it's like, oh shit, another one. It's like another <laughs> really powerful card, and I'll just rip it to go get an entomb or you know yeah, whatever else I need. It's so, it's almost
1: anything you need. Yeah. yeah. Another which great is, card with World Warcraft. Yeah.
3: Which
0: kind of like what we said before is a lot is a lot more interesting. You're getting you're getting cards that like further your deck's game plan, as opposed to just independently busted stuff like ancestral recall. You know ancestral yeah, recall's value over replacement to pretty much every other card that's ever been printed yeah. is vast. Yeah. You know?
1: Exactly. It, it, usually in vintage it goes, what do you get? You get ancestral recall and that's it. You know, yeah. you trade it for it for three cards. That's what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, you know, the same thing with Merchant Scroll, another available card in this card pool, Yeah, but you're not going oh, really? to get it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, because it was printed in Homeland, home right? Yeah. Oh, wow. So a four of that card can help the combo deck out as well. Yeah.
0: It feels like a lot of... D- any deck that would be going in the Merchant Scroll direction has been going in the Cunning Wish direction instead. Because I think it allows you... I think, the, I think Cunning Wish allows you to keep cards that you normally wouldn't want in your main deck, Mm -hmm. in your sideboard, and you also have this kind of toolbox tutor plan, but you don't want, like, Coffin Purge, for instance, one black exile, a card to graveyard, flashback it for a black, anywhere in your main deck. You only want it when you want it. Same with the um, Shadow Rift to allow your Psychotog to win the
1: game. And there's redundancy in your wishboard for, you know, the fourth gush. And you know similar cards like that that are going to be blowouts when you have them and when you need them you get them
0: Totally. Yeah, I've been playing with uh, living wish and the rock deck. I've been playing three because I think getting honestly Withered Wretch I want to have like essentially six copies of, of Withered Wretch available to me So I have the I have the you know two sometimes three that are in my main deck And then I have the three that I can wish for so I can always find that card um, but constructing your uh my wishboard has been really really difficult because i'm not sure how many creatures i want to include because you because you also want to have stuff like um engineered plague or or choke or uh haunting echoes i i I want to be able to get it down to like a you know concise like Seven creature package, right, and then have a bunch of, and maybe a land or two. To, I mean, you can also.
2: It's having wish for a land. Yeah, I've got a dust it's bowl kind of in there in case you're like. City in, in Brass case
1: is probably the way to
0: go. Oh, actually, city press is a good idea. Yeah, I, I've, I've liked the dust bowl against, um, standstill. Kind of a card that they have to answer. Mm, that I makes know. a lot
1: of sense with yep. the man lands. Yeah,
0: but I, I feel like the way that my wish board is currently constructed, I have too many cards that I just like really like and want to play. <laughs> right. Um,
1: a common mistake. <laughs>
3: like, yeah, it's all right for a while, but sure. Eventually, you do have to tune. Or you'll
0: kind of want to tune up, do- like Braids, Cabal Minion. <laughs> I can't really get rid of Braids. And you know what? It's, it's horrible because Braids actually won me a game for the first time against Psychotog. And so now Braids is, is staying. <laughs> Two black black for a 2-2. During each player's upkeep, you have to sacrifice a creature, a land, or an
1: artifact? Sounds Maybe. right. And Psychotog isn't just discarding lands at that point?
0: Well, if, if, you, get, if you get it ahead of them, it, you, you kind of have to power the, the thing out. hmm but, I don't know, it's not, did, it's... Did you, you wish for it? that card? Did you, you wish, wish for, it, for it, or did I you did. just... I wish for it on turn two, and then on turn three, I flashback Cabal Therapy with my um, bird, bird or something, <laughs> and floated black <laughs> mana Edward and resolved right. uh, braids at That's one. Because so, yeah. then he had to sack down to two lands, and then couldn't get out from underneath the braids, because he was playing smother that's something a consideration of of any (laughs) of any wishboard is
2: like finding the right number of cards to wish for versus just having your typical sideboard cards that's right
0: yeah so i'm trying to i'm trying to get that tuned down but that's actually that's actually been really really fun constructing a constructing a wishboard this like toolbox plan i love it i love that i love toolboxes i just yeah yeah it's so satisfying to search for the card that like solves the situation you in it just really feels like you Played better than your opponent. <laughs> you just pat yourself on the back. For, yeah, you're just like I
2: came for up for being with the such answer.
3: a genius to yeah. just
2: like fill your sideboard with one of poser cards. <laughs> yeah. It's
3: all about hosing. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Neat. <laughs> so, we're kind of at the early stages here of adopting this new format, and we mm-hmm. haven't yet had organized play, I mean, no, other yeah, than no. just meetups. Mm-hmm. And I know that the TSI boys had an event that we haven't... I don't think we have a lot of info on that yet. Yeah, I know there was 10 players. Yeah. I know everybody came with a different
1: uh, brew, different sort of archetype. Yeah. But uh, no... Not a lot of well, details on that. I was gonna... We saw one, they played one uh, exhibition match over the live stream of the TSI uh, on the Brassman's Twitch okay. channel this weekend. I did catch that. It was kind of a blowout, if I remember correctly. <laughs> so that was over. Was it over some rancid goblins it was or after round one? I can't
3: recall uh, what the matchup was, but it was brief. So, do we have anything on the horizon then to actually give this format a go in yes. some tournament Yes, well, fashion? yes and no.
1: There are there are lax plans. There's you know innuendo, perhaps about you know a, a tournament in the new year coming soon yeah. to Chicago,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I think.
3: Obviously all of us will be looking forward to that. Oh yeah. I definitely will. I think that's where the rubber meets the road and we can actually see when people are trying to, you know, win a series of games and do a little bit of guessing in a metagame, we'll kind of see what formulates, what congeals. I yeah. think a lot of people have just finished their
1: decks. I think they're finishing sideboards. I think they're tooling yeah. decks and sideboards now. So we are still in the infancy of this, although The Lords of the Pit did start playing middle school in May of this year. Obviously, uh, Eternal Central posted that article only in October. So we're still, you know, it's gaining traction, and I think it's gaining quite a bit of notoriety across the uh, Eternal scene. At Eternal Weekend, walking around the floor, you heard people talking about these formats. You heard people saying pre-modern. You heard people saying... Middle school, have you heard about this? At least three times on the floor, just walking past groups. Yeah, a little bit.
0: It's easy to sell people on. It's a lot easier to sell people on
3: old school. There's a very nostalgic
1: aspect to this card pool. For that, sure. That strike a, a larger margin than the old school uh, section. Yeah. And I think it could definitely be bigger than old school by way of the, the way it touched people, the way it has more different strategies and cards... And the, price, the cost for entry is so much lower. I think that all leads to this having a bright future. You know?
0: Something else that makes this format different that I've heard people uh, sort of talking about. I don't want to. I don't want to claim this to be official middle school policy, but um, people have talked about since this format is so new and there's this period of, of discovery, natural discovery. Um, people have been talking about withholding uh, deck lists and tournament reports, so that it doesn't get solved as quickly. Um, that's a good idea. Do you think, are, are you think pro? a pro, do you think it's kind of lame?
3: Uh, I don't think it's gonna happen, but I think it's a cool idea in theory because- Yeah, information. People, will it's everyone, sort of everybody romantic. Likes yeah, it people is. people like to have people click on their picture yeah and get that little nugget of of uh positivity in their in their cerebral cortex (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's social media buzz the the, the deck lists are going to be out on the web but i mean in theory you're right it'd be cool to kind of keep things under wraps and then just because like the the stuff that i know is just from battling people oh that combination looks cool i'd like to try that or it's like i want to take that and make this twist on it or I stuff, think what, something else I play, or who knows what.
0: Yeah, I think deck building is um, a, a skill that a magic player um, develops that has, uh, it, it, it feels like it's been sort of lost as time has gone on and information becomes more re- re- or readily available, I guess yeah, is yeah. what I want to say. It's kind of a chance to like flex those particular muscles that people head to.
1: I think grid. it's very dis- uh, de-incentivized. In a lot of circles. Yeah. But this is one that's sort of insular from that. I think we give, you know, top eight prizes for most creative deck lists at the big old school decks Mm -hmm. and old school events. So perhaps some of that could carry over to this format. I think think a lot of the flavor is relative to it.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, it's like what we said earlier. I mean, I refuse to believe that there isn't a powerful combination game-winning combination of cards across this wide format that had not been played in its yeah. in its previous format because and it's out there waiting to be discovered by yeah, it's out there somebody so the truth that's is out awesome there. <laughs> the truth the truth is out there go get it
3: well i feel like i've said my piece yeah i think we're doing good on the time build here yeah um. Before we hang up, though, I guess one thing we should do is maybe give a quick shout out to uh, uh, Little Greg and to Jason Paul, our newly minted. Oh, lords. the truly minted lords. And I, I think there's there might be a couple other dudes to crawl out of the breeding pit, but that's kind of like awaiting future notification. But I think I can
1: think of one on the horizon but, in particular. But, but those
3: yeah. two specifically, we want to uh, give a major big ups to.
1: Yes,
0: big up, big ups to those then, two. Welcome to the family. We had a little initiation ceremony. I wanted to like draft like they, a speech, they were like a swearing-in in thing. In. I wanted there to be some amount of hazing, but
3: Shane no, said no. no we, we put the
1: kibosh. <laughs> Thank God for Shane; otherwise, they'd be branded and yeah, yeah. I don't know, tattooed and
3: all yeah. sorts of drama. Yeah. All right. Anything else? Parting shots. No, we'll, we're gonna we're gonna keep
0: playing we're gonna we're, keep we'll probably well, I'll, I'll probably keep grudging you easily and I'll we'll probably check back in with you folks after we have some tournament data all right
1: for yeah. the for the few of you that, that decided to check us out tonight go to the lords of the pit website on the cocktail page Ooh. I uploaded a secret family recipe for uh, some Swedish glug which is a, uh, a mulled brandy and uh, sherry wine, port wine build. Ooh, It's it's, uh, it's delicious. It's perfect for the holiday season. And it's, you know, made to one-up our Swedish counterpart.
0: So. <laughs> I bet they've never glugged the glug.
1: <laughs> Not like our glug. It's the Lord's glug.
0: All right. Cool. Well, signing off. Thanks. Bye. ¡Suscríbete